I have no trouble writing chapters and chapters of fiction developing me characters and living vicariously through them, then moving my characters closer to a conclusion. The beginning and middle of a book are easy. It's the ending that sucks. If I write an ending I feel is right for the story, I'm going to disappoint some readers, if I write an ending I think readers will like, I'm going to feel disappointed in myself. There has to be a balance between pleasing the reader and creating a fictional world which is believable. That balance must include an ending which feels preordained. A good ending has to intrigue the reader enough for him to want to take the time to look back and contemplate the plots and twists before the conclusion. After he takes in the narrative from beginning to end and realizes the ending was the best possible outcome, then I've done my part to make the story resonate with the reader. Unfortunately, readers are far more sophisticated than ever before. By the time they begin to read in earnest, they've already been exposed to thousands of stories and their endings. It takes much more effort to surprise readers these days. But I'm not writing the story to show off my clever plotting techniques, I'm writing because I love the journey the characters take, note just the resolution. And when you think of real life, most people agree, real life doesn't include tidy endings which resolve all conflicts. And real life is full of uncertainties too. The reason life is so powerful is because we don't know what's going to happen the next day or even in a few hours. There could be knock on the door and someone you haven't seen in years is waiting on the other side. Or more ominously, there could be a knock on the door followed by a bullhorn ordering you to open up or else. At least with fiction, the writer has control over the narrative. Or do we? I'm often surprised by what my characters do. Maybe, as I lay dreaming, my unconscious wants to mess with my executive brain? Whatever the reason is for a runaway character to hold the narrative hostage, I'm still left with the ending. The characters may think they're in charge, but I'm the one that has to write the ending. Nope. I can't do it. That's when I stop writing and find myself lethargic and croupy with a bad case of writer's block. Maybe I don't want the story to end? Maybe I'm squeamish about killing off a character or ruining a budding romance? Whatever the reason, I find endings to be painful, as painful as a swarm of bees attacking tender parts of my body. When I think of great books and their endings, I think of the classics and great writers from my favorite genres. It probably doesn't feel right to compare these two categories, literature with ordinary genre novels. Yet. I've discovered there are some science fiction fantasy and horror books which have met the criteria for aha endings, endings a reader wasn't expecting but after a few moments of contemplation she realizes is the right ending for the story. I'm assuming most readers are familiar with Charlotte and Charlotte's Web. Well, maybe not in Kansas. Anyway. It's still one of my most favorite and beloved of stories, bringing tears to my eyes even as I sit here writing. Photo by Joseph Kessler on Pexels.com So, you would assume a good book includes friendship, love and sacrifice? Yes. Sometimes. But then again, we humans are a messy lot and tend to find what was once considered great literature boring. In the name of progress, we then do our best to think up crafty ways to turn the canon of great literature on its head. I'm all for changing the status quo but the daunting task for a writer is in the creation of something so unique and powerful that the work resonates with readers for generations. Sometimes, just attempting such a feat can lead to writer's block. My writer's block isn't about creating something unique and powerful that will upset the canon. Nope. I have no aspirations to change the structure of the novel. Other writers have upset the canon and there will be more writers doing it in the future, I'm sure. Rather, my writer's block is about me waiting anxiously for my unconscious to reveal a solution for my ending. Weird isn't it? 
To think there's another level of you buried deep inside your brain thinking secret thoughts only your dreams bring to the surface. Creepy. Enough of that. Maybe I should think about the weirdly wonderful endings already produced by the masters in literature and genre fiction. Image by K. McVeer LLC, Genius Fictional Endings. Jose Saramago's blindness is a perfect example of thrilling gut punches and an unexpected ending. I won't give away the ending in case you plan on reading the book one day. Or if you plan on reading Albert Camus' The Stranger. Camus' writing blew me away from the first paragraph to the final one. The ending. Wow. Genius. Then there are my favorite genres Stephen King's Bill Hodges trilogy and C.J. Cherry's Finity's End and Down Below Station. These books build to the climax in such a way, the reader is on Tinder hooks the entire time until she knows what happens to the protagonists. We all have our favorite characters. My favorites are the outsiders, the ones who can't be pigeonholed. Most of them want to make the world a better place. And they happen to be imperfect. Aren't we all? What sets them apart from other characters is their need to find meaning in their lives. It can also be a tragedy in their lives which haunts them. What keeps me reading are the characters who try to work through their problems or accomplish a seemingly impossible task. I'm all for self-improvement even in fiction. Novels which are about perfect people living perfect lives just bore the hell out of me. And the ones where the housewives fight over petty little insults, makes me nauseous. I've always admired courageous people, but it's the cowards who find their courage, at last, which intrigues me the most. And if the book is really, really, good, the ending is either a therapeutic release of tension or a haunting refrain resurfacing years later. That's why I love good writing and have such angst over my own endings. Some writers force us to face the truth, that life is messy and disappointing, or life can be eerily ambiguous, sometimes forever haunting us. Good endings answer the questions brought up in the beginning, they just don't sugarcoat life or make it ending so obvious even a preschooler knows what's coming next. Some people enjoy reading books in which the lovers find each other and live happily ever after, or the murder mystery is solved, and the suspects get to go home. I like to read those books, once in a while, especially during times of great upheaval or uncertainty when real life is so dangerously unsettled or precarious. And then there are those times when I need to read a book which won't give me easy pat answers to life but challenge me to think beyond my comfort zone. That is why for a writer the ending is so terrifying. Do I go with the obvious or do I kill off the hero? Or maybe I should aim for a unique ending no one's ever thought of? Or do I attempt to answer life's big questions? Since the birth of the novel, there have been as many endings as there are writers in the world. And it looks as if that's a hell of a lot of endings. The idea of all those writers going back centuries blows my mind. I learned in college about the novel Pamela, a creation considered the first real novel ever invented. There is debate on whether that is true too. Even before the printing press, writers have been inventing stories to tell around a roaring fire on long cold winter nights. And I bet you anything, the endings were damned important back then too. Unlike writers of today, instead of getting a bad review, what happened to those fledgling prehistoric writers? Were they booed and thrown out into a snowbank for creating a ripping good story then finishing it with a dud of an ending? Probably. So here I am, desperate to find just the right ending for my 4th book and unable to move forward with the 5th book because I'm still fretting about what to do with the last chapter of the 4th. And some of you might be saying, well, why didn't she create an outline? I don't create outlines. I start writing and find the characters and the conflict as I write. When I've written outlines in the past, 
I've discovered I no longer want to finish it, I find myself too bored to even get started on the first chapter. I write the way I read learning about the characters as I write and wondering what will happen to them next. No wonder it takes me so long to finish a book. I've set April Fools aside because the idea I came up with for the ending doesn't inspire me. I told myself I'm going to let the book percolate for a while and begin the fifth book. Well, it's percolating. It's percolating so much I'm too distracted to get started on the fifth book. Maybe I should write several different endings? Maybe the first idea isn't the right idea? Maybe I'm too close to the book to be objective? Time will help, shouldn't it? Image by K. McPhear LLC Although, setting the book aside is no easy task. Like a sore tooth you can't stop touching with your tongue, my thoughts go back to the reason I wrote The Pentagram Woman in the first place, and what I had hoped to achieve. It took nearly two decades from a vague idea to a finished book. There were some major life changes during that time. I know I channeled some of those big changes into the book. Should I do the same for April Fools? The sequel has fewer pages and covers a shorter time, actually, less than a year. The two books may have some of the same characters, but they are very different books. Once I reached the preceding chapter before the last one, I had a ghost of an idea how April Fools would end. But now, I need to figure out why I'm so disappointed with the direction of the sequel. It feels too familiar for one thing, too formulaic. The origin of the pentagram woman happened 15 years in the past. I can't wait a decade before the perfect ending for April Fools pops into my head. Maybe, instead of waiting for inspiration as I did for the pentagram woman, this time I'll think up three or four different endings and pick the one that fits this new book. After all, April Fools is a new book. Yes, it's the second in a trilogy but it's nothing like the first book, it's driven by action more than character development while also exploring how survivors deal with trauma. Like most of our species, Homo sapiens, we are incredibly flexible with the ability to transcend tragedy with grace. Therefore, if I look at the last chapter, I may discover I've already written the ending. Hold on. Holy. Photo by Jonathan Peterson on Pexels.com Of course. That's the answer. Sometimes writing about how endings in novels suck can lead to amazing discoveries, like the fact you'd already written the ending and had to write about endings in order to discover you'd already run through the goalpost and gotten yourself tangled in the bleachers.